Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Oh, come, let us adore him. that you desire through his gift to the world, his Son, Jesus Christ. Thus the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. As his called and ordained servant and in his stead, and by his command I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
that the birth of your only begotten Son in human flesh may set us free from our sins, that we who joyfully worship him as our Savior may behold him in glory as he reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this Christmas day is from the prophet Isaiah, the 52nd chapter. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Hark, your watchmen, lift up their voice together, they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Sing to the Lord The epistle reading from Hebrews, the first chapter. In many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by his word of power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has obtained is more excellent than theirs. For to what angel did God ever say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds, and his servants flames of fire. But of the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of thy kingdom. This is the word of the Lord.
stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Christmas Day Gospel from St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all men might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to Together now we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our Christmas Day sermon text is from the Gospel of St. John, from the first chapter, words you heard read a moment ago. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is our text, dear Christian friends. We heard at the close of the sermon last night about the physician who felt it necessary to dwell with his patients. Perhaps you've heard also the account about the English Roman Catholic Cardinal from over a hundred years ago. He received one day an urgent request for help from an elderly English priest who served in the tiny village of Brennan, a dirty little mill town just north of Birmingham, England. It seemed that an epidemic of cholera and that intestinal disease cholera had swept the village, decimated the village, and the elderly village priest was requesting assistance in giving out the sacrament in administering last rites to the dying and conducting funerals. So many people there were dying. The cardinal read the letter in his office and then he spent the next hour in prayer considering the request. Finally, his secretary came in and said, Dear Cardinal, we must give an immediate reply to Brennan. Your Eminence, what shall we do? And the Cardinal, he hesitated for a moment, but just for a moment. And then he said with conviction, The people are suffering there, and they're dying. How can I send someone else to do this work? I must go myself. I must go myself. If that doesn't spell for us the incarnation of God, I must go myself. That's why we have reason to celebrate this day, this Christmas day. That's why we've decked these halls here in this church with our very best. We've sung our hymns and our carols with all our voice. That's why you and I are here this morning because God looked down upon our need and He said, I can't send another. He said, I must go myself. And so into a dark and a dying world he came to save mankind from a very deadly mess. It really was essential that he himself come because we of ourselves could never bring forth the solution to our problem, sin's problem. And you know why. Because we're the problem. We are the problem. We're what's wrong. Our sin, human sin, is so invasive and it's so entirely pervasive that nothing in this world escapes its dark shadow. Think about it. Nature itself is affected. From every animal falling prey to its predator or falling ill to disease, just like we do, or to weather and climate conditions like tornadoes and volcanoes and blizzards and ice storms that cripple communities. Disastrous weather for those who are out in the California wilderness looking for Christmas trees. It's our sin that put a curse on it all. Socially, too, from wars waged between nations or individual households divided, we fight and households, be they big or small, Households fall because of that sin within us. And physically too. Tis the season that we're so acutely reminded 
of how fragile these bodies of ours can be because of our sin, that condition of sin within us, colds and flus. Colds and flus, I think, are exchanged far more frequently than our gifts these days. We get sick, sometimes sicker, and you know the ultimate wage of our sin. Many of you know it all too well. Perhaps death. Death. And so some of us face this year a Christmas, perhaps our very first Christmas with, without a loved one here with us. And someday our own, and you know well, someday our own loved ones will face that Christmas too without us here. Don't you see how far the curse is found? How very far the curse is found. See how completely invasive and how completely pervasive sin's darkness is. Far more than cholera, that intestinal disease. Sin is wholly systemic, destroying our world and our bodies and worst of all, our souls. We are the problem, friends. And so we can't be the fix to the problem. And therefore it was a must that God himself come for no one else would do. Not even humanity's brightest and our best. Not, only our, not, not even our brightest and our best efforts could bring forth the kind of light that we need in this world. And you heard St. John say it today in the gospel reading. John said as much in the, gospel, the Christmas gospel reading. He said it was not of the flesh. That is, no pair of sinners could ever produce, could ever conceive, ever would conceive and bring forth the Savior that we needed. It was not, he said, of the will of men. Not by the sheer will of our own works in some attempt to please God or to appease God. Not our, the will of our knowledge in, in our own attempt to know Him or our feelings in our attempt to experience Him. Not of the flesh said John, nor of man, but it's of God. Apart from God doing it, never could we of ourselves attain what needed to be attained. In fact, we've lost even before we begin. For Scripture said it, you heard it prophesied, you heard it in the prophecy last night from Isaiah. Scripture tells us that by birth and nature we're a people that dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. The forecast for us was dark. And it was dim. But that's why this day is so bright. For scripture says also this. In him. In the Christ of Christmas. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. But here's what's so phenomenal about that. That. That light, that life light didn't shine upon us from, from some far away star in a, in a far brighter and some distant galaxy millions of light years away from our darkened dilemma. No. But that light of light came down to shine right here in our midst. Right where we needed him most. And so this morning we heard those soaring words. And the word became flesh. The need was urgent. And the situation was dire. God himself had to come. 
And the good news is that he himself did come. When we speak of the blessed incarnation, God enfleshed, God in the flesh, that's no small step to speak of. It's no small step to take. The Christian writer C.S. Lewis once put it this way. He said, the eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that a baby and before that a fetus inside a woman's body. And if you want to get the hang of it, he said, think how you'd like to become a slug or a worm. Slugs and worms. We barely notice their existence when we pass over them, high over them, transcendent over them. When we pass over them on the sidewalk at night or, or after a good rain, we barely notice them. Slugs and worms we barely notice, and yet God noticed us. And not just in passing. He did it in person. In Latin, that amazing fact has been articulated for hundreds of years like this. Et homo factus est. And he was made man. As high as God is above man, dear friends. As high as God is above man, so high is that phrase above our comprehension. That God would become a man. Et homo factus est. Just how absolutely wonder full that is, Martin Luther once tried to convey to his people, I believe it was in a Christmas Day sermon, as he recalled an old legend. He said, once upon a time, a rude dolt happened to be standing in church while the people were singing these words, ad homo factus est, and he was made man. He did not take off his cap, didn't even bow his knee or accord the words any honor at all. He just stood there like a stick. Though the entire multitude of the people present knelt down in reverence, as was the custom when those words at homo factus est were being sung, those words that we spoke just moments ago in the Nicene Creed. Well, the legend goes that the devil appeared near the man and he stepped right up to him and he slapped him in the face so that he saw stars. And he cursed him terribly and he said to him, May the infernal fires consume you, you fool. If God had assumed my nature and become an angel such as I, and people saying God has become an angel, he said, I would bow not only my knees to the ground, but my whole body. Nay, ten feet deep I would crawl into the ground. But you wretched man, you stand there like a stick or a stone. You hear that God did not become an angel, but a man like you, and it's all the same? Now, whether that legend, friends, is true, that's really beside the point. Because the point is this. He became man. For us men, and for our salvation, he stepped down from heaven and was incarnate. The point is this. To which of the angels was it ever said the word became angelic? But friends, the word became our flesh. So here today, wrap these words up in your hearts and in your thoughts and take these words home with you and treasure them dearly. Treasure them high above any of those presents that have been opened in these last hours or that are there under the tree waiting yet to be opened. 
treasure it. Because this is your biggest and your best Christmas present. No matter your age. The word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Last night. We heard much about the what. Of Christmas. The where. We heard in the Christmas reading Bethlehem. City of David. The who. Mary and Joseph. The Christ child. The shepherds. The angels, the when of Christmas, in those days when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Today, though, we hear primarily the why of Christmas. Why? Because it was this sinners and these sinners and every sinner's highest need. One has put it this way. If our greatest need had been information, God surely would have sent us an educator. And if our greatest need would have been technology, God certainly would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. And if our greatest need had been pleasure, then surely God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior. And so it's been put by one. Scripture puts it this way, friends. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And to save sinners, you have to become like one. That's what it took. He himself coming and he himself becoming what we are, what we by sin have become. And what we are is not all that becoming, is it? It can be ugly with deceit. It's often sour with jealousy and rotten with envy and puffed up with pride. So often we reek with ingratitude. But in the incarnation, you see with your own eyes the soaring love of God for foul creatures like we are and have been. For therein, in the incarnation, in the you, you see embodied that divine conversation between the Father and His Son. When the Father said to His only begotten, My Son, go and be for them what they haven't been, and go and do for them what they could never do. And the Son answered and said, Gladly, Father, I will go. And I will be for them what they could never be. And I will do for them what they could never do. So that they can be sons of yours too. Adopted sons of yours too. And share in the glory of your only begotten. And so becoming flesh and blood, Christ Jesus set out to redeem this flesh and blood. Body and soul. So scripture tells us he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and being found as a man like us. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death upon the cross. And that's what it took. That's what it took. Far more than a Christmas cradle. It took a cross. It took that cross whereupon God made him who knew no sin become everything that we are. Sin for us, for us so that in him we might become his 
righteousness. It sounds too good to be true. I know it. It sounds too good to be true. But it's true. And you can see why those angels above Bethlehem were, were just about besides themselves, beside themselves conveying the news. It's true. And that goes for every one of you out there today. Every one of you out there, and for me as well, no matter how dark the deed has been, no matter how dim and how long the shadow cast, if your regrettable past hangs over this Christmas present like a heavy cloud, whether because of sins of the flesh or sins of blood, whatever, look to the flesh and blood of God on the cross for you. And there see the perfect incarnate Son of God being what we could never be and doing for us what we could never for ourselves do. And what He's won for you, today He brings it to you. This morning then, like the Christmas shepherds, hasten to the Christmas stable of His table. And there you will find your Savior. You'll find Him wrapped in swaddling bread and lying in the manger cup of communion. Right here. You don't have to go to Bethlehem. Right here is where you find Him in His Christmas word, His gospel and His Christmas sacrament. Where the end of the incarnation comes to you by the means of His grace. Bringing you the forgiveness of all of your sins. I must go myself, God said. And that's why we have Christmas Day. Today I leave you with the words of a poem that speaks well. Which surely can be on the lips of every human being today. It's, this poem is called Praise God for Christmas. It goes like this. Praise Him for the Incarnation, for the Word made flesh. I will not sing today of shepherds watching flocks on frosty nights, or angel choristers from heaven's lofty heights. I will not sing of a Bethlehem stable bear, or lowing oxen, or wise men trailing star with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Today I will sing praise to the Father, who stood on heaven's threshold and said farewell to his son as he stepped across the stars to Bethlehem in Jerusalem. And I will sing praise to the infinite, eternal Son, who became for me most finite, a baby, who one day would be executed for what I have done. Today, by the Holy Spirit, we praise him. Praise him in the heavens. Praise him in the stable. Praise him for this blessed Christmas day. A blessed Christmas day to one and all. In the name of our incarnate Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.
On this Christmas day, we reverently bow our heads and thankfully say, the gift of gifts has indeed been given, and his name is Jesus the Christ, born to save us from our sin. We pray. We thank you, O Lord. We thank you, O Lord, that, that you have not given us what we by our sins deserve, but rather in your mercy, what we have so needed, the perfect gift of your only begotten Son. Now may this holy gift engulf our lives as it did that of the Virgin Mary. May this gift overcome our doubts as it conquered the doubts and concerns of Joseph. May this holy gift vanquish our fears as it did the fears of the shepherds in the field. And may this holy gift of your Son lead us on, drawing us ever closer and nearer to you, even as the wise men were drawn unto you from afar. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. On this Christmas day and always, O Lord, be Emmanuel, God with us. Be the shepherd seeking those who are lost and those who have gone astray from thy flock. Be the mighty physician of those who are sick and suffering, including Gilbert Buchholz and Paul Duell and Ali Becker as she prepares for surgery this week. And we give you thanks for successful surgery performed on Slim Paul, and we ask for continued healing to him. Be the Prince of Peace to those whose lives are troubled by conflict. Be the comforter of those whose sorrow, who sorrow at the loss of loved ones. Be the ever-present companion of those who are alone and of those confined by weakness to their rooms and beds and nursing homes and convalescent centers, including Chris Heinz and Marguerite Health and Bob and Dorothy Latham and Dick and Elsie Much. Be the giver of all good things to those who celebrate occasions of your blessings, especially those celebrating anniversaries of marriage, that you would continue to be the present, to be there present in their homes and, and in their hearts. And bless all who gladly share their birthdays with the celebration of the birth of our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be, O Lord, Emmanuel, God, with us in the blessed sacrament of your holy supper, that your true body and precious blood may be unto us the special blessing of this Christmas day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, O Lord, we pray this day that the gift of Christ, which you have graciously given to us, would be shared with all the world. To that end, enable your church to share the gift of your Son with every nation and empower your people everywhere through your word and sacraments to reflect Christ's love within their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our Christmas prayers and offerings and our hymns of praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, to whom be all praise and glory, now and forever. Amen.
to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have given us a new revelation of your glory, that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may be drawn to the love of those things which are not seen. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, precious blood in this saving sacrament. Deliver us from our sin and sustain us unto life everlasting. Hear us, Lord, as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.